0: All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Property Players Podcast. I'm your host, C. Muzan. I got a great guest with me today. Uh, This is a young lady. Her and I have uh, been in business together. We've uh, gotten a chance to be around each other for for a little bit of time. She knows my family, I know hers, uh, and just a really, really solid person here in the real estate game. So I wanted to make sure that she could share her story and talk a little bit more to the community. So Miss Lily Ramirez is on. Thank you for being on, Lily.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we just jump right in here. There's no fluff needed, but let's just start by talking about you. Give me your background. Give me the origin story, right? Like, who is Lily? Like, how did you get to this place? You can go as far back as you want.
1: Ooh, (laughs) Lord. I'm actually Angelian. I grew up in Carson. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Carson. I'm originally born in Northern California. Lots of family up there. First generation American. My parents were immigrants or are immigrants. And uh, their entire family are immigrants. So um, there's a little bit of pressure when it comes to first generation, right? I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. I don't don't know that feeling. But I understand that there's got to be a ton of pressure when they sacrificed everything to come here.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, I go, you know, you guys ain't got nothing on the Bill Cosby joke about walking up, you know, five feet of, you know, snow, <laughs> backwards, uphill. I'm like, my father used to have to cross the border every day, so don't give me that, you know. That's crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I grew up in Carson and um, went to school in LA. Okay. So I think I got a little street smart behind me. And bit. when I got to be 21, I was blessed to work for a golf company. Okay. And just start off as a receptionist. Okay. And uh, there was some schooling there, but then they brought me to the Orange County. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what's this place? <laughs> <laughs> when they told me I was going to be moving to Cypress, I was like, "Whoa, well, all right, I'm moving to Texas. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> but they was like, I'm following you. I'm going. Yeah. I didn't know where Cypress was, you know? And sure. then, so I was like, guess what, Dad? Nope. Mm, it's just Cypress, Orange County. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I did a lot of learning there. Did a lot of learning there. New culture, right. a new area, a lot of growing up. Right. A lot of growing up.
0: How and did you get there? I mean, from high school, did, did you do college anywhere?
1: I did. I wasn't good at it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wasn't <laughs> good it.
1: Wasn't uh, good. I like to work. Yeah. Liked-
0: always? It's always been that way?
1: Yeah, I started
0: working when I was 12 years old. Uh, again, being an immigrant child, being the only child. But- You're an
1: only child. I'm the only child. Yeah. Me too. Yes. Yay, Yay
0: for only children.
1: <laughs> yes. Being I the- joke.
0: I joke with people sometimes, Lily, because I tell them like I just learned how to share like five years ago. Like I was an adult when I learned how to share.
1: Yeah, let's share I'll give exactly. you something. I ain't sharing it with you. I'll exactly. give you something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we're a different breed. Uh, and so uh, back when I was, I think, in fourth or fifth grade, and uh, she, growing up in Carson, I was the only Hispanic in my entire you know class. Mm-hmm. Maybe one other girl. And she barely spoke English. Mm-hmm. And so my mom used to send me to school with burritos. And what do you think happened, right? Because that was the lunch program, right? She's like, you're eating burritos, burritos every single day. My friends were having sandwiches. My friends were having sodas. They were having potato chips. They were eating from the cafeteria. And so I'm the only child. My parents make okay money. Mm. I didn't qualify for those programs. Mm. But my mom also taught me that if you don't eat my food, you don't get to eat. (laughs) Anyways, the reason I'm telling you this story is because I wanted to eat the cafeteria food. Can you believe it? I wanted to eat cafeteria food. So that was an opportunity to work in the cafeteria, and I can get a free lunch.
0: So you worked in a cafeteria at how old?
1: I was in fourth grade, so nine years old because of, I guess, to be pride.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) To be like the other kids, you know. So we weren't rich, but we didn't qualify for the government programs.
0: Sure. Wow. So you always had this hardworking gene, this hardworking spirit about you.
1: Yeah. So in there, I went to college, didn't really, you know, do much with it. It was just maybe an extension of high school along with my bad habits from high school. So I just went to work. I went okay. to work. So when I started working for Cleveland Golf, um, I was just about 21. Did okay. some my jobs there and it's always in sales. I went to work as a receptionist for Cleveland Golf, got into a new environment, got into the corporate world and quickly started learning how okay. I can do it. Yeah. I worked there for 10 years and then I started working as a marketing and administrative assistant.
0: Really? And, how did, how did you make that transition? Like
1: working my way up, working my way up as a receptionist doing, you know, Busting my bonds doing that, doing more than what was required of me as a receptionist, calling other departments saying, What what do you guys need help with? Because answering the phone was just not enough for me. Mm -hmm. I needed to multitask. Sure. Yeah. Then I went into accounts receivable. So I used to have to call people when they didn't make their payments. Yeah. That wasn't fun. (laughs) Uh, But I got used to rejection.
0: That would be a place that you could get used to rejection.
1: And people avoiding me and telling me lies and, you know. And then finally, um, I actually went back to night school. I didn't know how to type. Can you believe it?
0: So you only, so why did you go back to night school? Because if college didn't, right, didn't really do it for you the first round, why did you go back? Was it just for typing or was it another reason?
1: For typing because the windows was coming into the world. Got it. I started working before the internet. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So I just wanted to learn how to type, and so from there I started taking all the Windows programs, and then from there, I started taking an administrative assistant short program night school. Right. And that was pretty much it, and that got me into the marketing department. So the company was growing; that opportunity came up. I was prepared, so I took it right away.
0: Nice. Okay. So as soon as you got into that position, just same thing. Kept working. Excelled. What was the next move?
1: Yeah, and created my own job, actually. Got it. my own job. That was a new position, and I created it from it, and I liked it. I liked that it was uh, marketing, and so I did that for the last three, three and a half years that I worked there. Okay. Um, uh, In the meantime, being married and having children. Mm. Yeah. That's Yeah, so I had my second child. And I was actually on bed rest, six weeks of pregnancy.
0: Wow.
1: Uh Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think my A-type personality was at that point. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that could not have been fun.
1: (laughs) So um, I was like, I can't can't do this. I cannot just stay here, do nothing, and, you know, nothing. I mean, I physically can't do anything, but I picked up a real estate book. Before, this was online. We didn't have it online back then, Picked mm-hmm. up a real estate book, read it, and by the time I was eight and a half months pregnant, I took my test. It. I took my test, nothing of it, just trying to keep my mind busy.
0: So it wasn't anything specific where you were like, I really want to go into real estate. It was just kind of, it was there. If you read the book and you're like, hey, I might as well give myself something to do.
1: Exactly. It was more like I wanted to do something. And my me being naive, if I can sell a house a year, they'll pay for a vacation <laughs> or a house cleaner. Those were the two things I wanted. I wanted a house cleaner and I wanted a vacation. Because working at corporate, that wasn't going to give it to me. Because right. I was working on the fixed income that I had from my salary working at corporate world. Right. And with two children at that point, a house and a corporate job, I just needed help around the house. Right. and. And I went on a vacation, and so when I went back to work, they told me, "Oh, we filled your position. Obviously, had been out almost nine months, and we don't have anything for you." And they let me go. Wow! So we didn't have FMLA back then. California hadn't passed that law. Right. Get pregnant, they still have to give you a job. Right. We didn't have it. Didn't have it. So I had my real estate license. And I said, well, I guess I'll do this. And I jumped in the next day, wow. called up. I had already been with a broker. I had already signed up with a broker and uh, to sell my one house a year. Okay. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I called him up and I go, guess what? I got fired. He goes, thank God. He wanted me full time. He was so happy. And I did a open house in North Long Beach. Wow. Yeah, I know.
0: That is so crazy that is that is such a wild story because most of the people and you know for people that are listening out there, you've heard some some guests that we've had on the podcast, and you'll continue to hear more, but normally people don't have that story, Lily normally, people really want to pursue real estate to some degree, right They're coming in from a, a career that they didn't like or they just saw that there was wealth being created. And they put themselves in a position to jump into real estate. For you, it was more like, ah, I just, this kind of fell in my lap a bit. I did what I needed to do. I studied. And then it's a blessing in disguise because you wind up getting fired. They they let you go. Now you have an actual career that you could fall back on, but it became your primary career. Correct. That is such an awesome story because- you know, you just never know how you're going to land in a certain career, how you're going to be successful. I I think one of the main things that you have, and we'll get more into kind of what you've done in the real estate world. But one of the things that you have is that that work ethic, the thing that I always try to teach people, no matter what industry you're in, you have to have some internal work ethic, like you have to have some grit in you that says, hey, I can get after it, I can work hard, I have no problem sacrificing time, all those things. And then you can just apply it in a place like like real estate. But that's why I'm sure you're successful in real estate now is because you, you hold on to those things, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not easy getting up and motivating yourself every single day when the deals are dying or the market's turned or basically you don't have appointments for that day. And so you have to go out and look for that surrounding to. Give you a reason.
0: How do you motivate yourself? I think that, that's a good place to go because there's a, probably a lot of agents out there or even other people that are listening that don't maybe understand how to motivate themselves or where they go. So what, what do you do?
1: I'm Morning routines is a good thing for me. So nothing, I don't do any social media in the morning. I don't turn on the news. Actually, I don't even watch TV until much, much in the evening and it has to be dark. Sure. But I try to do a good morning routine by either listening to a podcast or something on YouTube that would just motivate me, or I also have a coach that I follow their systems and take it from there. So mental intake in the morning, that's pure positiveness.
0: So important. So, yeah. So important. People have no comes, idea. Like,
1: really badly. <laughs>
0: Most of us do. Most of us do. <laughs> it's true it's so true yeah
1: yeah
0: that's that's it's it's funny that you would say that because that's actually one of the things that i believe in fully is what your routine is in the morning right if you if people don't take control of their mornings the day takes control of you
1: Oh it's 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 what
0: happens like if you're not focused on what you should be doing the task getting your mind prepared getting your spirit prepared getting your body prepared to face the next 18 hours of your day if you're not prepared life just kicks you around it just it just punches you all day long and you have no idea you're just reacting
1: yeah definitely you become a punching bag because you're standing there saying okay world hit me instead of saying move out the way because i'm here you know but um it's a mental game
0: a thousand percent
1: within yourself and so it's easy to fall into other traps but I tell myself sometimes they ask me well how do you do uh, this this and that and that and that and I just thought I put myself in situations I can't get out of (laughs) I hold myself accountable to people put myself in organizations and put myself in leadership because if I say if I don't show up a lot of people are counting on me and because if I know if I can hide in the back I eventually, I hide in the back enough where I'm not even showing up and no
0: one's going to miss me. Most, and that's most people. Yeah. Like, again, you're not, like you are so ahead of the curve that these are the things that make you successful because most people, they don't want the accountability. They don't want the responsibility. They don't want to be in a position where other people depend on them. So it's easy for them to quit. It's easy for them to take a step back. It's easy for them to not give 100%. And that is... I see it. I see it happen all the time in many different industries, but the fact that you have it the other way, right? So you actually put yourself in that position. It's the reason you're successful.
1: Uh, yeah. Like, again, I put myself in the situation where if I don't show up, people are going to be like, well, where is she? And you, I let a lot of people down. And so that doesn't mean that I don't get sick or that right. sometimes I don't want to show up. Right. Because I put myself in that situation and those surroundings. Uh, people are counting on me. And this is not just uh, clients. I'm just talking about other businesses and organizations. And I'm part of the Cyprus Chamber of Commerce. So obviously, I became a board member. Can't right. miss those. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I'm part of BNI, Business Network International. Mm-hmm. And I'm running a small group of mastermind people there. And so I'm always putting myself in situations where if I'm not there, I won't be noticed. And Absolutely. I won't let people down because my reputation is more important to me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, it is. So good to hear that you've developed that over time. Take me back to like the first year or two in business in real. <laughs>
1: first year and two, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell, tell me about it. Like, what what did it feel like? Were, were you always nervous?
1: Oh God, yes, 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 yes. But I took the business, I took all my sales classes. Um, I cheated a little bit. Let me take you back to when I was supposed to be in bed rest. Mm -hmm. One day out of the week, I cheated and I went to sales classes at the real estate office where my broker was, right? I made sure to put my feet up is what I told my mother, Mm -hmm. but I was going crazy. So (laughs) I was blessed enough that even before I got my license, I was actually going to the sales classes. Got so it. when I did that first open house, I I knew what to say, I knew what to do. I just had to physically get through it. That was in 2003. Real estate was we were we were basically an order taker. Right. What do you want this is the house, what do you want? Here you go. Right. Was no sales skills, nothing. <laughs> Even though I learned all this, nothing was needed because the market didn't require it at that time. Right. So i did everything i did farming i did door knocking farming when you drop out flyers in a certain neighborhood i did door knocking i did open houses for other agents because i didn't have any open houses right. you know i took on buyers and i was showing them property at nine o'clock at night because i needed to sell a house right, right. i had no income i yeah. had no savings yeah I had nothing nothing and I think unemployment or disability or something gives you a certain amount of time. And so when you're 1099 and you're W-2, you can do that. So I had about six months to make my first paycheck. Right. I had about six months to make my first paycheck. So I did everything, everything I had to do. I did close out some deals in the first six months. It was actually my cousin. Nice. Yeah. I sent out a letter because my broker told me, send out a letter. Tell everybody in your real estate. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I didn't ask any questions. I didn't know what I, I don't know. I didn't right. know. Everything yeah. my broker told me to do, I did. That's and so smart. I sent out a letter, my cousin calls me, he goes, guess what? I want to buy a house. I was like, okay. out <laughs> in Redlands? I, not even my marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so that marketplace, I had just been in the business six months, so. I did everything, everything, everything for two years because the market was hot. And then I got a hold of my first listing. I became, I got an opportunity to market instead of to show homes. Right. And it brought me back to my corporate days when you have a product that you can market. Mm-hmm. So I was blessed that I had that information from the corporate world and I started using it. I started doing it. That's so awesome. Yeah.
0: Would you give real estate agents today the same advice that your broker gave you or how are things different now
1: now it's almost 16 years now i would tell them again this internet wasn't big back then in 2003 it just started and if i mean i remember websites costing you a thousand dollars a month right back then because you couldn't control it there was no app for that there was nothing So that changed a lot. So the old methods of knocking on doors and dropping off flyers, that used to be the only method you can actually get to homeowners. Now homeowners just go on their phone and do that. So I would say go, I would say do what I did in sending out letters to your sphere of influence, telling them that you're in business and you're ready to start.
0: That's good. That's good. And even using social media, right? I'm a big social media guy.
1: Oh, God, yes. Yes.
0: Using that as the way to message people or send out that letter to someone saying, hey, I'm I'm in real estate now. That's probably a good way to start.
1: Yes. And it's with your sphere of influence. Absolutely. Um, I have now just adapted my business to my sphere of influence and past clients and uh, via referral i only do business via referral and i've only been doing business via referral i think now for where you're 16 i started solely working on only by referral i committed to that in 2010 wow middle of the recession
0: wow
1: 2010. So it's been six years that I've only committed by referral.
0: So you don't do any marketing. You don't really have to go out and get leads. Basically, I don't. Pay for leads. Don't, pay for leads. I don't
1: pay for leads. I don't pay for leads. I don't door knock anymore, and I don't do other people's open houses. Right. Um, I market to my sphere of influence. Okay. I market to my social media. I market myself to my past clients. It. I look to myself that people will use me in case they have an opportunity to refer me. Got it. So Gmail tells me, how, I know over 2000 people, mm-hmm. 2000 contacts. I've really brought that down to 352 contacts. Wow. I put them in a current database and I work that database every single day along with social media.
0: It It sounds like you're pretty organized. Are you an organized person?
1: I've learned to be organized.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How important is organization to your business?
1: Hugely because we can do whatever we want to when we want to and we can get very disorganized. So it's almost as important as the morning routine. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's
0: almost as
1: important as the morning routine. And so sometimes it's a little militant, Mm -hmm. but being in the business that nobody tells you really what to do except maybe to go into a sales meeting I created non-negotiables for myself. And this is taught. I follow a a company called the Finian Company. I follow them who has taught me this and I've embraced it. And this is what I do. Got it. Yeah. I have non-negotiables. Even if I don't have an appointment.
0: Absolutely. It's super important. I'm in the process of coaching and training another agent on, on our team that just went full time. And that's the number one thing I've told him. And I was like, hey, you got to have a schedule. You got to be disciplined because no one's going to tell you when to wake up, when to go to sleep anymore. No one's going to tell you where to be or what to do or what your productivity needs to be for that day. You have to have some of those non-negotiables. You have to have some of those things In your schedule, that you say, hey, no matter what, from this time to this time, I'm doing this. No, I can't go take that person to the airport. No, I can't go pick this person up. Like, yes, I don't, I might not have an appointment today, but it's still a work day. I have to have some of these things implemented. That's the difference between being employee minded and entrepreneur minded, and the people that succeed the most in. Real estate, financial services, any entrepreneurial venture you have to have an entrepreneur mindset once you have those things in place, that's where the success comes
1: yeah and it, and it's not just the mindset it's actually creating the new habit absolutely it's creating a new habit. I'm happy you said talking about no, I can't pick up at the airport. It was tough for my parents to understand that no I can't to <laughs> can't pick up my cousin in La Quinta. Yeah. You know, but you don't have to work for anybody. You don't, you know, no more. Like, yeah, yeah. But you don't have any appointments. I know, but yeah.
0: That is easy, the easiest trick of your family and friends is to believe that, like, you have nothing going on because you no longer have a job.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And so, yeah, it took time for me to, how can I say, educate them. Hmm insane I'm I have to work right now and now but now it's turned yeah. now it's turned now they're like hey what does your schedule look like that's it and how, lo-
0: how long did it take for them to come to that realization
1: <laughs> um, my parents about a year but I've also learned that we train our clientele. yeah you know so you can train your family you can train your first you have to train yourself sure you have to train yourself. Then I trained my family and then now I train my clients. So uh, another thing that when I started is you were asking about when I started, what it looked like. I worked every single day with no structure Mm. every day, every day, every day. I don't take Sundays off. And I tell my clients and everybody's like, what? A real estate agent taking Sundays off? And I'm like, yeah. Well, first of all, it's not my role. It's someone else's role. It's God's role, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we need it. You need it because it's not, you know, I have a 20, I have a son who's going to be 21 years old now. Wow. And that pregnancy I talked about, that kid, he's going to be 16. Wow. So I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. Absolutely. And so I take days off. I tell my clients, Up front, if we're going to work together, you got to understand I'm doing open houses or I'm working for you on Saturdays, Mm -hmm. Monday through Saturday, but Sunday, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Not doing it. I lost a couple of clients like that and that's okay. I don't want to lose my family.
0: Absolutely. Right. It's priorities. Faith, family, business. So, however you choose to prioritize it, that's how I prioritize it. It's faith and family then business. But at the end of the day, you have to give yourself that day. Some people take it on Sunday because you know it is the Lord's day; it's it's a day of rest. Some people just take it on Wednesday, right? But at, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you just need you need a day if you're going to work a business. You need a day or two in that week to make sure that like you're rejuvenating yourself. You are making sure that you're at your peak in order to be able to service other clients. So it's good that you took that day.
1: Yeah. And, and talking about the peak too, I struggle with anemia. So I get fatigued very, very quickly. Mm. And so you have to do, when I was talking about training yourself, you also have to train your body and to when you are the best, we all have them. Absolutely. We all have them. Some people say we're morning people. I'm a morning person. I love mornings. you mm-hmm. know? I am not a afternoon person, though. Mm. I struggle with the afternoons, and so I know that in order to do the non-negotiables, I got to do those things early, before right. my body then says, "Okay, it's time to slow down." And you know, or you know, we all have them, and right. you have them yourself too. So I know that my non-negotiables, my calls, my what I call Popeyes, um, my notes, my marketing time, whatever needs to be done. In the morning that's when I'm the best absolutely. and uh, when you're self-employed you have to understand that about yourself as well so no, important. We, can, we can run 18-hour days but we're not at peak 18 absolutely. hours a day <laughs>
0: absolutely Self awareness is everything. When you yeah. run your own business, self awareness is how long do I have? Do I have six? Can I give you six good hours? Or can I give you 10? Can I give you three? What do I need to get done? But being self aware and knowing your strengths is so important. Yeah.
1: And if it's six hours, make them the best six hours that you have.
0: Exactly. That's what people don't understand, I think, when they jump into real estate or some other entrepreneurial venture, where it's like you don't have to, now that you're not confined by a job and someone telling you you have to be there from there this time to this time, technically you can get as much work done in this amount of time. If you really work hard, if you only want to work three hours in the day, cool, make it the most impactful three hours of your day, get all your stuff done and take off the other seven, eight hours in your day and just do something else that you love. Be with family, go hike, whatever it is. You don't have to spend the same amount of time, but your mindset has to be different about it.
1: Correct, correct. And at the same time, being the devil's advocate, don't cheat your business either. You know mm. what I mean? So awesome. you have to know how many hours you really have to dedicate in order to do it. And yeah. so I know a little a little bit about your guys' business and the statistics that it takes for someone to be successful in your business and if they say it's six hours, seven hours, eight hours, whatever it is, then do it then do it you know what pushing paperwork making phone calls to to vendors or service providers or whatever you call them in your industry Mm -hmm. that's not proactivity knowing the difference between proactivity and being busy is two different things absolutely all the other stuff is going to have to get done that's on the deadline you know what's not on the deadline a proactivity how many people we need to contact How many people we need to meet? How many people we need to add to our database? Mm -hmm. How, you know, how many out, you know, outgoing calls, how many, whatever. That's, there's no deadline for that unless you give yourself a deadline.
0: When did you learn how to do that? Because if you said your first two, three years is just no structure, a bunch of chaos. When did you learn things like that?
1: About the third year. (laughs) Okay. About the third year. When at that time, my family says, hey, hello, remember us? (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Yeah. They can't plan anything. Can't do anything. I I don't regret it. I mean, I was starting a business. You got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And the market was good. And so you did that, Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't a normal market. So I needed to do structure and and do everything to have a a Mm -hmm. solid business and not let the market dissipate how my life is going to be.
0: Absolutely. How do you deal with that in real estate? I think that's a fair question because, you know, lots of ebbs and flows, lots of ups and downs in the market. How do you handle that with your clients? How do you handle that personally? How do you navigate that being in the industry so long?
1: Well, with clients, it's just non-negotiables. No matter what the market's doing, my marketing campaign is gonna be the same, okay? okay? I might have to up it a little bit. Right now, I've uh, structured myself to do 10 outgoing phone calls a day touching bases with people and just chatting with them, checking in with them and and asking them for referrals and who they know that might be able to be able to put their house in the market or whatever, or maybe an introduction to somebody, 10 outgoing phone calls, follow it up with a note card and going out and visiting three past clients every single, every single working day.
0: So say that again, 10 calls. And what else was it? 10 notes.
1: Every phone call is followed by a note card. Okay. Okay. Touching bases with them again, remind that we had a conversation and even a voicemail is just a follow up with a note
0: card. Got it. And then you said also visiting old clients.
1: Yeah, visiting either other business alliances or past clients or people who uh, believe in me and my business, and you know, either passing by their office or passing by their home, depending on where I can see them during the day.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. And that's some real valuable stuff for those of you that are listening out there that might've just gotten started in in real estate, or maybe your business is a little stagnant. Lily just gave you a couple things that you should be doing or for the productivity of your day, make sure that you're making those calls and that you're getting in front of people and that you have some structure in your day. That's going to help you become more productive, which obviously you've been Lily. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So even when it's slow, even when it's, there's, the market's not at its highest, those things are still happening. Got it. Those things are still happening. On the other end, how do I do with the highs and the lows? You have to budget. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. There's just absolutely no way around it. And that took me some time to understand too, because I come from a household that I think they made $38,000. Wow. My dad was a truck driver. My mom was a factory worker. Wow. Yeah, and 38. I think the most that they made before they retired, if I remember my father telling me, is fifty thousand dollars between two people. Wow, the most that they made. I get into real estate in my first year, I made a hundred and twenty five thousand.
0: My goodness,
1: <laughs> that's that's
0: a culture shock in and of itself if you've only seen. Or heard fifty thousand dollars at the most, and then your first year in a new business, you're making one hundred and twenty. How do you handle that? How do you how do you handle the money? Did did you blow a lot spent, of it? You... <laughs> I spent it. I was gonna guess that. I was gonna guess that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's just natural. Like, yeah. how, how would you know what to do with it when it comes in that quickly in a year, and you've never seen that type of money before?
1: Yeah. When I got my first, like, I think six thousand dollar check, which was my first check. Hmm. I was like, <laughs> get it out of my hands. I don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Right. Let's, go eat. Let's go to Disneyland. Let's <laughs> Three months later, I can't make my mortgage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, old, the, the old Oprah, you get a car. You get a car. You get a car.
1: You, you think it's funny? I did. We got a new car.
0: <laughs> that is funny.
1: You know, I worked in corporate, and uh, my husband at the time was working as a plumber, and so he had a company car. So he, we didn't need one. Mm-hmm. So got into Rose I was like, yeah, that's a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That's, but that's normal, right? Like that's just what happens. And obviously, you get better. Yeah. You get better habits.
1: Yeah. Again, all the people that I knew, everybody that I associated, my entire family is all blue collar. Mm. Every single one of them. Sure. Yeah. I think now, I think we're now on second generation Americans mm-hmm. here and they're now starting now to develop. So it's a younger generation than me right. get into more entrepreneurial, more sales. You know, it's, it's, but me coming into business, I had no one to turn to.
0: I was going to ask, I'm, I'm sure you didn't get a lot of support when you first came into business. And
1: it's not that they're not, they, we didn't speak the same lingo right. anymore so I went out looking for it. I went out for associations. I seriously had to go out looking for a coaching company associations and I picked up reading. I picked up reading as an adult. Got it. I picked up reading. I was blessed that I had a wonderful mentor and broker at the time who used to have a library in his office and I would uh, tell him, "Hey, And he would feed me this stuff, and I would read it. We had cassette tapes back then. Wow,
0: that's taking it way back, Lily. (laughs) Going way back.
1: Yeah, we had cassette tapes. And he says, here, I don't want you listening to the radio. Listen to this in the car. We call it, um, I think, Jim Rohn? OK. University on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so I did not listen. And I love music. I just yeah. did not listen to it in my working hours. Mm-hmm. In my working hours, I listened to organization, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, mm-hmm. Tommy Hopkins. <laughs> I don't to go see him in person. Yeah. And I, I listened to what my manager told me to listen to. And I was blessed. And I became a student. And now I have my own library. Wow. so, yeah. That's so important. Yeah, and now, Pers- we have, now we go on YouTube and now we go on
0: podcast
1: and we can just listen all day and night.
0: I know. I know. People don't understand how blessed we are at, at this age at this stage in life to have so much information and so much content out there because, you know, back then people really had to search for the inspiration, the motivation, the, the right mindset. It was tough to find it. And, but that goes to say also how important it is that you find it because that's going to be the foundation of you getting ahead financially or in a business is if you're feeding your mind with the right things, So again, it's good that you found that because all of these things, and hopefully everyone out there that's listening is understanding these are the keys to being successful. doesn't matter if you're in real estate or in any other industry. These are some basic foundational things that you need to have to make sure that you're successful, you need to make sure that your associations are the right associations. That you're listening to the right people, feeding your brain with the right things. That uh, you have structure. That you have these daily non-negotiables. That you're upfront with people around you about what you do and talking about your business. These are all just basic things. And again, goes to your point that you know that this is why you're successful. This is why you do well in in business.
1: I can always do better. I can always do better. I'm still We can like-
0: we can always do better, but you have accomplished quite a bit thus far. So fast forward, because we're getting ready to wrap up, but fast forward, tell me about the state of your business right now. Like, What excites you about the industry right now that's keeping you there?
1: The state of my business currently, the market has is becoming more of a normal market. We've been going on an upswing. We have just noticed in the past two months that we have pretty much flatlined and my current marketplace is anywhere from six hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand purchase price here in North Orange County and some of Long Beach areas. So I service Carson always because that's my hometown, but um, <laughs> anywhere from Carson down to Huntington Beach, that is my marketplace. So my sphere of influence, my numbers, because you got to know your numbers, my number says anywhere from 650 to 800 is my target zone here. And we've just flattened. We've just flattened. It's We're doing a little shuffle. Interest rates went up. They're a 5% or sometimes maybe even creeping up a little bit higher. And and so uh, you put your head down and you keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. You keep doing what you're doing. That's so important. Yeah, yeah. Your non-negotiables again: the calls, the notes. The, we call them pop-bys. We pop-by past clients or businesses, and and so I found myself to have a lot of success with other business people who are also probably either self-employed in professional settings like yourself, because mm-hmm. we understand the power of a referral. Absolutely. And so I come in what Dr. Ivan Meisner says is giver's gain. The more you give and the more you give, it's going to come back to you.
0: I believe in that more than you know, Lily. Like, I believe in that so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, So if I can give you a referral, it's going to come back to me. And I'm not saying I'm giving you a referral because you owe me. I'm giving you a referral because you deserve it. I believe in you and you're going to do right by the people that I'm referring to you. So you keep on doing those things and and you budget. Budget has been a huge, huge difference. So I'm blessed that I know how much money I need to make and I know how much money I need to spend. And I keep myself on the salary. I keep myself on the salary and come December, if there's money left over, I get a bonus. And even from that bonus, I'm tithing, I'm saving, I'm investing, and then I'll have some fun money. But no more cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no more cars for everyone. No more cars, no more cars. <laughs> no more
1: cars. now. Because those different now. Now my average check is sixteen to eighteen, sometimes twenty five thousand. Right. But on the lowest, I'm going to make on a check now is about sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars. Right. So, so God knows what he's doing when he just gives you a little bit.
0: <laughs> absolutely, because he knows that you're gonna blow it if, if you have more. <laughs> yeah. So he, has to, he has to mature you. Yeah. yeah. So you that you
1: can get to that point. It. You can't go around it, you can't go above it, you can't go under it, you gotta walk through it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Lily, I appreciate you jumping on. Tell all the people where, where they can find you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, Lily Ramirez at L-I-L-Y r a m i r e z dot com. That is my website. All the information on is on there. I'm Lily Ramirez with Remax Tiffany Real Estate in Cypress, California. I serve Long Beach and Anaheim areas. Is probably the easiest way I can explain it because I don't know where Cypress is, and most people don't know where Cypress <laughs> is. Most people don't. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is my neighbor
0: and so is the Queen Mary. I'm the queen. <laughs> well, that's awesome. For anybody out there that's in the area or knows anyone in the area, obviously you can hear that Lily knows her stuff. She's been a professional in the real estate game for what, 16, over 16 years now. So I definitely trust her and you can trust her as well. Selling, buying, whatever it is that you need to do in the real estate game. So find her. I'll make sure we link up your website. Do you do anything on social? Where Where's the social plan? platform
1: real easy i'm not hiding i'm an open book <laughs> what
0: platform do you use the most i'm sorry what platform do you use the most facebook instagram uh,
1: facebook seems to be If facebook and instagram facebook just has the demographics that i'm trying to hit got it got oh, it so wow. you can
0: find her on facebook so
1: yeah my kids call it old the old people but it's okay <laughs> that's,
0: that's okay in in that's okay. business we in business we love facebook
1: exactly, so exactly
0: you guys can find her over there on facebook but until next time guys we're gonna sign off of the property players podcast thanks so much for joining we will talk to you guys soon